0: Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode twenty-five. Uh, we have hit the quarter century. Do um, you got Chris and Brian? Uh, we're going to talk about battle belts and belts and war belts and other things like that um, in this episode.
1: Yeah, guys, this is going to be kind of a kind of a high level overview. Um, you know, some 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 pros and cons to, to each system, and you know how and when you might apply them, and things of that nature. But this is going to be kind of a 30,000 foot view um, rather than getting into the nuts and bolts um, of specific pouches and things like that, because that's multiple podcasts or multiple episodes over time. So, um, start off with just kind of, kind of the what the three different systems or options are as we see them Um, you know generally if you're walking around the world and and you you're an adult and have a job you you have pants and a belt on or shorts and a belt on of some sort maybe you should have a belt on exactly you know because you should be carrying a couple things with you that matter Um, (coughs) gun (coughs) knife (coughs) anyway so if you're you know if you're walking around the world and you've got a good belt on then you know you're you're probably a step ahead of a lot of different people um in that regard but having a good solid belt we've talked about this from a concealed carry perspective um it's it's the foundation for everything else you're dragging around with you whether it's in your pockets or on the belt itself it's the beginning of the draw stroke uh, from diving into the gun and the gun not moving as much because you got a good belt on so you know belts from places like ASGI or uh, hsgi uh volant gear works um you know and a few other different vendors magpul. magpul having a solid good belt on that's that's you know stable is also going to give you a little bit of pain relief um it's, it's easier on you as the person carrying the stuff around too to have that weight spread around um but so that that could potentially be your battle belt if you walk around the world in a low-vis environment and the whole world doesn't need to know it. So that's going to be you know kind of our the basic belt system. Going up from there um, you've got what we refer to as duty belt type systems where you have an inner and an outer belt. So the inner belt's going to hold your pants up it's going to have some way of interfacing with the outer belt to keep it in place and that might be things like velcro or like belt keepers and stuff like that. Um, the inner and outer belt system is probably most commonly seen with law enforcement. Um, you see, you know, these police officers around every day with their duty belt system, and most of these guys have keepers holding two belts together to hold their pants up and to hold all the stuff that they need to carry. Um, the, the, you will also see some guys in military and some guys in the training world, etc., running that double belt system. Um, you know, if you're comfortable with it, that's, that's awesome. You know, rock and roll with it. It's, it's very, very stable if it's a good quality product. The, the um, full-end uh, Gearworks yeah. Micro Battle Belt is an yeah.
0: excellent version of that system. Absolutely.
1: It's rock solid. Once you get everything set up, it's in place, it doesn't It does it doesn't move. It doesn't move. Um, and then the next step up from that is going to be like the full-on War Belt. Uh, the full-on War Belt is going to be, you know, we do a lot of the HSGI products. Um, they're doing a bunch of different new like padded laser cut items and stuff like that that are rocking like neoprene liners and things of this nature. Um, you know The Battle Belt is probably more what we're going to talk about today um, in, from that perspective. Um, but the Battle Belt, you know, the HSGI ones that we have, you, they, they have a belt channel that allows you to run the belt inside or outside of the Mali so you can put stuff on the belt or you can put it on the Mali or PALS webbing um, directly on the belt itself. It gives you a lot of modularity in where you put stuff. It gives you a lot of comfort in that it's padded. Um, it's you know it's not overdone. Um, it gives you really good stability. Uh, you know, so when you put the belt on, because the neoprene it doesn't move around a whole lot, um, you know, it, it just gives you a really good belt system. But it also uses an inner and outer belt within it as well. So you need to be aware of that as you're test driving that to make sure that you you know you get the right size inner belt because it generally needs to be a little bit larger because it's outside of the padding. So. Um, But those are kind of the three, generically, the three different types of belt systems. So I'd say we work on the war belt and the duty belt combination and go on from there. So um, what kind of things do you need to carry on a war belt or on your duty belt? Well, the duty belt's easy if you're a police officer because generally you're told, hey, you got to have your gun, you got to have spare mags, cuffs, taser, comms, um, you know, Uh, asp, maybe flashlight, different things of that nature. Um, And uh, and oftentimes a, a, a glove pouch. Um, to put, you know, gloves in because people can be icky. Yeah, um, OC spray, oh, pistol yep. magazines, Absolutely. kitchen so, sink. Yeah, the kitchen sink, uh, you know, and you wonder why law enforcement guys are retiring with, with bad backs and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's got a lot to do with it. They're carrying a lot of weight on their <laughs> hips. Um, but either way, you know, that's that system, So that, that might be dictated for you. Um, if you're building, uh, you know, that type of system, that type of duty belt system as a civilian for training, because you like the low profile aspect of it and like the stability of it, um, you know, then putting the things on there that you need, or, or that's that's what you should do. If you're a shotgun guy and you don't own a rifle, then why put rifle mag pouches on it? Um, you know, having said that, there are all kind of shotgun carriage devices for ammo, um, whether you're a gamer uh, doing competition stuff, or whether you're somebody who, you know, wants to go out and train with the shotgun, and it's shotgun cards and things of that nature, um, or just great big pouches to put loose shells in, which kind of sucks when you get down to it. Um, If you're doing rifles, then rifle mag pouches. Uh, There's a lot of good stuff out there on the market. Uh, The HSGI stuff that we have, the tacos, there's soft tacos, there's hard tacos, there's double rifle mag tacos, there's rifle pistol combos. There's all different kind of things of that nature to let you fit whatever you need to fit in whatever space you have available. Um, The nice thing about some of the HSGI products is that they're modular and you can stack stuff where it already comes stacked. So if you're not like me and you have a limited amount of circumference, um, then, you know, having things where you can double up and stuff like that really matters. Just bear in mind that if you get really bulky, you're bigger than you used to be when you put it on. So, getting out of cars and getting through doorways and climbing over stuff sucks when you start getting bigger than you're used to being. So, um, same thing with pistol max. If you're primarily, you want to use this in a home defense role, you don't own a long gun, um, having something like that that has uh, pepper spray, uh, flashlight or spare flashlight, a multi tool, a blade. Um, your handgun and some spare mags and things of that nature for that defensive, for that home defense handgun, and also something like a dump pouch. You may have a phone in your hand as you're doing whatever it is you're doing, but you may need to get rid of that phone, and being able to throw it in a dump pouch and have it with you may be a really, really good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Also, you may find yourself in a position where you've had to engage something, you've got a partially charged magazine, and and maybe you're comfortable doing that tack load. and you want to do that, having a dump pouch or something utility-wise like that, it's probably not a bad idea either.
0: Yeah, dump pouches on war belts or battle belts or whatever is probably the most underrated pouch you can put on that setup.
1: You will find a use for it um, almost no matter what, even if it's out on the range training and you just throw a water bottle in it to keep it there, um, or you don't want to dump... Or you want to get your mags out of the mud as soon as possible, so they're not laying in the mud between iterations and filling up and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of different uses: uh, sunscreen, bug spray, Twinkies, um, whatever. nobody big deal. So, um, but yeah. So you know, defining what what you want on that belt um, is going to be dictated by what are you trying to do with it. You know, Pat Rogers used to say that the the mission drives the gear train. What do you want to achieve with it before you start piling stuff on it? Um, anything yeah. to add?
0: I'd, I'd add an IFAC. I'd... Like For I sure. Keep a, a full For sure. IFAC permanently mounted on my belt setup. Yep. Um, that belt generally goes to the range with me because my the IFAC's on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And on a war belt, I, I, you know, a lot of guys will say, "Oh, well, I've got a tourniquet holder." That's a great start. But on a war belt, I want the complete IFAC. I want to be able to deal with tension pneumothorax and, and potentially blocked airway and things of that nature. Um, because you know, if we're going to call it a war belt or a duty belt, it implies that we're doing work of some sort. And just having a tourniquet on it—that's great for you know when you've got you know a, a, an issue on a limb, but you've got a whole bunch of your body that's not a limb that you can't put a tourniquet on. So you need other things to deal with that stuff too.
0: So. Yeah, as far as holsters, mm-hmm. um, you know anything from say like a Safari Land ALS with retention yeah. um, to a you know a good quality Kydex yep. uh, holster outside the waistband holster that we can run through that liner through the, the liner.
1: Or well, either through the liner yeah, through or the attach liner. the PALS. You or know, attach the PALS. Fashion.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, do we want something that we can get the the gun in and out of well? That's going to yep. hold it securely. Yeah. Um, generally, with the war belt or the battle belt system, uh, we've got enough tension that if you don't have retention systems in the holster, um, the holster is still being pulled into the the pistol is still being pulled into the holster because it's under the holster is under tension.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because generally they flex when you put them on. Um, you know, like I said, the, the holster, if you can get some type of manual retention or like a level one, like, in, like you mentioned, an ALS is, is a great option um, simply because, again, we're assuming that we're doing work. We're going to be in a little more aggressive environment, possibly dealing with different things, movement, et cetera. Um, you know, with concealed carry, you generally have clothes over the gun. The gun's inside your waistband. It's pretty stable, pretty secure, even without flippy switches, thumb switches, et cetera. Um, as long as it's in a good holster, the same thing applies. But when you start going external, where other people can see the gun, um, if you're going to put it on and be in the public sphere, um, then you know the bad guy see, is going to see that gun, and, and he may want that gun, um, and he gets a vote. So having some manner of retention and an understanding of how to utilize it is, is can become a little bit different thing than concealed carry. So. Um, All those same types of weapons and stuff and same needs apply to whether it's a duty system or the war belt system, um, you know, the click on, click off battle belt system. Um, One of the pros and cons versus both, getting rigged up in a battle belt and a duty type belt takes some time. Um, And again, if you're a soldier or you're a police officer getting ready to go on duty, on shift or whatever, you, you know, you're gonna take time to get jocked up and do your thing, put your uniform on, put all these different things on, put spare guns on. Um, and whatever else the case may be. Um, same thing with a soldier, if you're getting jocked up to go out and do a patrol or whatever at dismount, you know you're gonna have time to get all that stuff on generally and get set up. Um, the advantage of like the war belt, the click on click off war belt versus a duty belt system is that you could literally have the war belt hanging on a bedpost and throw it on if something goes bump in the middle of the night and have it right now.
0: Yeah, it's the diff- it's it's five minutes versus five seconds.
1: Yeah, absolutely um you know so so that's probably the biggest pro of the war belt system is is is, it's quick um secondarily it's adaptable you can change the size of it so if one day you're out literally training in shorts and a t-shirt because it's 95 degrees um, and then the next day you're out training in winter gear because it's hot out and hey it's ohio um or because it's really cold out and you're in winter gear um you know then you can adjust the size of that belt fairly easily um, the duty belt system is, is a little less adaptable, but still pretty good in that regard. Provided you have belt loops. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then going beyond that, if you look at, if, at the, um, probably the con of the war belt versus the duty belt is like, if you have Matt's micro battle belt, the Volant Gearworks micro battle belt, it, it does not move at all. It is rock solid, locked into place. If you go to the war belt, even the neoprene belts from HSGI, in certain positions, they'll move around a little bit on you and kind of ride up. So you may find it, you know, occasionally having to stop and, and tuck your shirt in or, do, or make whatever minor adjustments in that fashion. Um, so it just depends on what you need to do with it. If you're in a duty belt every day, then it doesn't make sense necessarily to buy a battle belt to train in, buy a duty belt rig, or get it set up similarly and go on unless you just want the convenience of being able to throw it on and off over different layers of clothing and stuff like that
0: yeah i'm just going to add you know real quick the other big advantage to the war belt system where it's just a you know the neoprene backed click it on over the top is when you start training with rain gear and snow gear and other you know less than less than good weather stuff Uh, a lot of times those pants especially don't have they're just a drawstring or a yeah. Like yeah, they a elastic waistband. waistband. They
1: don't have belt loops, etc.
0: Um, and you know, with the war belt, you get all your, your, inc- yeah, all your bad weather gear on, and that just clicks on over top of
1: it. Absolutely, yeah. It's super, super simple. Um, and again, you know, they're they're different tools for different people who have different needs for sure. Um, but yeah, the ability of the, the versatility of the war belt is is what wins the day if you don't need it for duty, generically. Yeah. So. Um, Inner and outer belts. Um, if you're if you are looking at a war belt type system, and you are an LEO, um, please be aware of a couple different things that may affect you in the world under under the guise of weapons retention. Um, not only should you have a good holster with you know at least a level two, maybe a level three. That'll often be di- you know that'll be dictated by department SOPs typically or what they issue you. Uh, but also be aware of the buckle on the belt may give the bad guy a chance to just take the belt off of you um you know we sell some belts in here that are hsgi duty style belts that go along with the war belts their size to them but they're pinch buckle belts that could be easily defeated by a bad guy in a close confrontation type situation um this is something that uh, honestly i hadn't put enough thought into when we brought the product in and we were fortunate enough to have a local law enforcement uh, officer who's a trainer a sergeant with the divi- with their division and then he you know Basically straightened me out and said, "Hey, we need something that that's a little bit harder to get off of the good guy, you know, if the bad guy decides to go after it. So when you're looking at that inner belt or that that belt that actually buckles in the war belt system, um, you might look at a Cobra belt, something that takes a little more work to get popped loose, or something with a secondary or tertiary release, so that the bad guy can't just pop that pinch buckle and your gear's on the ground." So. Uh, be aware of that if you're an LEO looking at that type of system. We've got a lot of agencies here locally and across the country going to soft armor carriers that are MOLLE for the chest and then going to war belts for other types of gear but still keeping the gun down there. And so if you're one of those people doing that, take a look at that as well so you know what you're up mm-hmm. against. So.
0: Yeah, the other you know big thing we'd recommend is figure out what you need uh, and then don't add a whole bunch of other stuff because your friends think it's cool. Yeah. Or you think it's cool? Um, try to try to keep a minimum amount of stuff on your belt, just from a weight perspective, from a things flopping around making noise perspective. Um, yeah, a, mi- a more minimalist setup is definitely the way to go.
1: Yep. Yeah, because most of the, most things out there nowadays, you can find sheath systems, sheath attachments, or or pouch attachments that are relatively easy to take on and off the belt. So if you found yourself it's all pretty modular nowadays with PALs and stuff like that. um, So if you needed to add something for a training day, say maybe the focus was on um, doing malfunctions with an AR and you decided, wow, that bolt over really sucks without a tool to remediate a bolt over, or at least a multi-tool or something like that, then if you decide that becomes something you wanna add on down the road, great, but starting off without it until you determine that you need it is one thing. Um, a close quarters knife, having a knife on the belt, seems like something that will, well yeah, duh, you want a knife on the belt, but if you have no concept of how to use a knife on your belt and you're in close quarters with the bad guy who's a knife guy, you may have just given him one. Um, so weigh those things out. Less is more. Put the things you know how to work on your belt or the things you're training to learn how to work on the belt, but maybe leave off some of the cool stuff like, oh, I don't know, flashbang pouches, smoke grenade pouches and stuff like that when you're not actually using them or have any idea what they're for. So, yeah cool I don't have anything else pretty simple big view from up high
0: yeah the other you know the other thing to consider and I had really good success with this um, a couple of years ago and training classes down at tactical response uh, was just rocking you know tacos and things like that on my normal concealed carry belt yeah um, it takes longer to set it up but I was the only guy that could go in and pick up pizza <laughs> on the way back to the team room, um, uh, and still carry a gun because I could untuck my shirt and it draped over all my stuff. Yeah. And everybody else was rocking drop legs or big war belts and couldn't yeah. conceal anything. Uh, so if you do need to work in a you know a non-permissive environment or need to be more covert yeah. about how you're doing things or going you know from from doing work to being like okay we need to be sneaky again. We're being sneaky to uh-huh. doing work. Um, having things low profiles, not necessarily a bad option.
1: True, 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 true. That's, that's fine. The only dude that could pick up
0: pizza. Uh, yeah. So, thoughts on battle belts, war belts, all that stuff. Uh, we do a really good job of keeping a big selection of tacos, battle belts, um, tactical nylon stuff from High Speed Gear Incorporated or HSGI out of North Carolina um, in stock every day. Um, we encourage you to come in, you know, we'll help you rig it up, lock it up, play yeah. with it, make sure you get the right size on stuff.
1: Yeah, we've got some great shooter tools that make putting some of this stuff together pretty easy. Um, so you know, if it's for your job and you can stop in during the week, we can definitely spend some time playing around with that. Um, also bear in mind, there are some, low, some lower profile pouches too from companies like Blue Force Gear that we have in stock, that if you want something that collapses down to be a little more low pro versus the tacos, which can be bulky and good for duty use, uh, we've got a lot of that stuff available. We also have some holsters from CompTAC that are light bearing holsters for common guns. If you wanted to, you know, use those and, and run that inner and outer belt system through those, um, you know, a lot of that stuff's here right now, and you can kind of come play with it, see with it, get an idea, start genning up a system. But you don't have to go buy the whole thing all at once. You can work your way through it. So, yeah, cool. Uh,
0: stop in and see us, Cap City Outfitters in Hilliard, Ohio.
1: Forty-four sixty-five Cemetery Road, CapCityOutfitters.com.
0: Um, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Cap
1: City Outfitters. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.